This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. It's the week of December 3rd, 2020. This is episode 220 and I'm your host, Chris Randazzo. Joining me tonight, as always, is a mercenary turned sheriff, Karen Randazzo. A Mandalorian and a Jedi. They'll never see it coming. Animation come to life, Angie Fernand. <laughs> and mischievous egg eater, Evan Goldstein. I still can't see out of my left eye. It was my pick this month, and I decided we needed to discuss The Mandalorian Season 2 so far. Before we get to all that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Karen, this time, let's start with you. Ooh, me? Um, you. Exciting. I actually have a thing this week. Ooh. Um, things. I binged Season 4 of The Crown. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Tell me more. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, I didn't mean that negatively. I meant that in like an oh my god. Like it's a show I've wanted to watch, and like I hear people talk about it just so you know. differently. I don't know because I think there's this like a little bit of apprehension and a little bit of excitement whenever I think about that show because I know that like the the cast changes a lot, and I always find that jarring. But I've heard it's really good. Well, it ta- uh, it's, takes place over the reign of Queen Elizabeth. So right. uh, the first two seasons, she's played by someone. And then the second, or everybody, there's one cast in the second two seasons. There's a different cast. And then season five will be a, a different cast on top of that, just to reflect the change in age. Um, <clears throat> it's an amazing show and you definitely should watch it. Uh, so the last, uh, so season four, which just dropped like a month ago, I think, um, basically there's two main plot lines one of which is uh margaret thatcher as prime minister who is played by jillian anderson in this and wholly unrecognizable i did not even pick up on it in the first episode it wasn't until (laughs) i watched the first one i mentioned it to somebody and they were like oh yeah jillian anderson's so good and i was like what the fuck are you talking about i watched a whole episode with her in it and i didn't know it was her (laughs) (laughs) Uh, amazing amazing work (laughs) i mean there's makeup there's wigs and and the character is well i mean the, the person that she's playing is a very like you know Mark. crazy uh, accent and whatnot so she like disappeared into it but once once it was pointed out that I, oh yeah that's her she does fantastic the other storyline is princess die what oh, wow yeah oh i did not realize that at all yeah so this I guess takes place in the late 70s through the 80s when between when Charles met her and then they got married and then they were married and what happened during their marriage. Uh, 
this was a fascinating season. I mean, it was not a very, I mean, the whole show is not a very happy show. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, and aside from resenting the fact that it's like a period piece that partly takes place during my lifetime, like, shut up. I'm, I'm not that old. <laughs> um, but it was fascinating because it started to cover events that, you know, happened in my lifetime. And then I have some vague memory of, of having happened while I was alive. And like, total insights into it that I was just like, wow, I had no idea that's how it really was. It's completely different than everything that I thought was. And um, since I, you know, somewhat interested in the royal family, I know that um, in recent years, Prince William and Prince Harry have become like mental health advocates, uh, in part because of the mental health issues that their mother had, that I'm like, I'm like, I knew this as, as like a, just a thing that I picked up through osmosis and being a person in the world. But um, then you get into like what she went through becoming a part of that family and what her marriage was like and how it was completely different on the inside from the way people perceived it. Like it was a fairy tale romance. It was not at all. Wow. It was completely terrible. Um, and they also explore the mental health of the some members of the royal family. Like there, there were some, uh, there were some like distant cousins that were um, had some like developmental de were developmentally disabled, and uh, were written off in the family history as dead. Wow. And like shuffled off to uh, a care facility under different names, and nobody who was alive in the royal family like knew that they didn't die. It was just you know happened to be uncovered, and you know in in investigating <laughs> all of this, it was the queen's sister who like figured it out. Mm -hmm. uh, it it was just it, there's a whole like whole history of mental health issues throughout the whole royal family that's been covered up for ages because you can't you can't have any appearance of any fault in the royal family mm -hmm. so uh so that was like mind-blowing now how um, how accurate is this stuff though i mean like I, I i know we as viewers probably can't have an actual answer to that but i'm just curious about like you know how, how true to life is it yeah how much I mean, is this I just drama and fiction for the sake of making it interesting and how much is this realistic because you don't want to like i i feel as though the royal family would not really be fond of the idea of their names being dragged through the mud isn't it, in television isn't it be, wait a second where, where is that from where where's the crown from it's english it's well it's a netflix show it is a netflix show okay yeah, I think it's co-produced by the BBC. That's that was the the gist of my question because, like, if I would assume if the royal family had a problem with it, like, it would have been squashed, right? By the BBC, uh, I know that they weren't super happy about this season because there were some, uh, some things that you know aren't aren't confirmed as fact that the show kind of presented as fact. Okay. Like, this is the way, like, nobody knows except the people who are involved, you know, what actually happened. But the show is being, saying, like, it's this way. And then the royal family is like, no, none of that's true. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> oh, go on. Because that's how the royal family talks. <laughs> yes. Right, of course. Um, as to the, like, to you know, 
total truth of it, it's sort of, you know, it's hard to say. There are some things that it's like, well, these are public events that happen. So those things are accurate. But all the details and, you know, the way people felt and the exact, you know, words and conversations that happened, you can't say for sure. It's a, it's the artist's interpretation of like what they think happened or how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some like, you know, um, you know, truth to, you know, there some parties involved, I think, would have given interviews or... There's, um, there's got to be at least a sliver of truth. Written stuff, yeah. Whether, you know, how much is exaggerated for drama, I don't know exactly, but phew, it's compelling as hell. <laughs> That's cool. uh, Wow. So good. So good. Uh, I felt so terrible for Diana, who did an amazing job. Who's playing but Diana? Like, uh, it's not somebody okay. whose name I think you'd know, and I don't have her name on the That's tip fine. of my brain. Um, but she did a fantastic job. Um, but like, I don't know if you guys like had no awareness of her as kids, or like were you know had an idea about her. Growing up, I was like, oh, Princess Di, she's the princess of England, and and her life is amazing, and she married a prince, and she wore a big fancy wedding dress, <laughs> and like, it must be great to be a princess. She's a real princess, and she's young, and she's beautiful, and it was like almost something like I could relate to. It's and a real it's fairy just, tale, like, for on right. this side of the and, pond. And that's the way it was presented, too, in the media and, to a certain degree, by the royal family itself. And it was just not that way. Like, basically, she was picked for Charles. Really? And, yeah. Like, and everybody kind of wanted it to happen, except Charles. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> that's not what like I he, expected. He liked, yeah. he liked her well enough, but he was in love with somebody else hey. who was married. Ooh. And even if she got a divorce, he couldn't marry her because he's the future king of England and he can't marry a divorced woman. There was a whole thing about that in, like, the previous generation. Um, so they're like, you have to get over it. You have to get past it. You have to get married and, you know, be the future king and have a, have a queen. And so he liked this girl and, you know, she passed all the tests with flying colors and she was noble i forget exactly what she was but she had some degree of of nobility in her background so they were like she knows like what a royal life should be like so you know she understands how it's gonna be and it just was not and charles like the way he's portrayed in the show at least he was horrible to her because he was a miserable little bitch about not getting his way um, and there was a scene where he, like, he kept going back to the queen and being like, I don't love her. I want to get out of this marriage. It's not working. But and there was one scene where he went as far as to say, I'm miserable and I'm suffering. And she was like, you little bitch. <laughs> you have no idea what suffering is. <laughs> you got to marry a wonderful, beautiful, smart young woman, and you know you guys have everything you could possibly ever want, and you have no concept of what suffering you are is. Literally, shut the French. fuck up. <laughs> yes, so that was fun to watch. <laughs> but 
but yeah, highly recommend uh, season four of The Crown. I don't think uh, anything I've said here is spoilers because it is, you know, all historical records. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, watch it. It's fascinating. And apparently there's a documentary on Netflix that I haven't gotten to um, called Diana in Her Own Words. Um, that is a good companion piece to it because it's, you know, obviously she's dead, so she's not going to be out there speaking her mm, speaking right, her right. mind on it but uh but there's somebody made a documentary that used at least whatever uh material there was from her life to uh tell her side cool it's just amazing the things that you're talking about that like i didn't i mean it's not that i knew a lot about it but i remember like the the scandal and the the tragedy and the loss of princess diana and everything mm-hmm. That was portrayed in the media. Like, I, that's some, one of the few things I remember from being a young kid and actually paying attention to the news. And then to hear how much more in-depth it is, it's just kind of amazing. And I think that's one of the things that makes me appreciate television. Um, because I think that, I don't know, I guess it's just like something that, you know... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't see a, a perspective being offered in another way that would have been as compelling. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that they didn't get up to that point, the point where she died. Like, that oh. didn't happen in the season. So, all I know is, at are, this are they, point... Are they playing her at the age-ish in which... Uh, I mean, I... Close to it. Gotcha. But they haven't quite gotten to that point in history yet. So I guess we're going to have to wait for the final season to get the show's perspective on that. All we know from their perspective right now is they're both trapped in a horrible, loveless marriage (laughs) that there's no escaping. And he's miserable and suffering. Oh, my God. I want to slap him. Cool. Anyway. And I've been, you know, filling in with British baking show along the way, which. Oh, my God. I had it on while the kids were out somewhere and then they came home and they saw it and they were like, can we watch this? And I said, yes. And they sat and watched it for like 10 minutes and they were enraptured. And then it was time for dinner. So I paused it and I said, we can see the rest after dinner. And then we came back after dinner and then they were like bouncing all over the room. Couldn't give a fuck less. And I'm like, all right, well. I expected that to go, now we want cake. Yeah, right? That's (laughs) when I watch it. I mean, I always want cake, but... um, but I, I did, now that I've seen a full season, I really appreciate the way the show was put together. And the one thing I noticed, the difference between, like, a, an American show and this, is that they really focus on the, the tasks and the and the process throughout the show. They got to the last episode, and that's when they started to give a little background on the three finalists. And I was like, that's how you do it. I don't need to know all this bullshit about, you know, nine people who are going to get eliminated. Yeah, it, like, it's when we watch it. But now that we're at the end and we're invested in the three people who might win, let's let's find out a little more about them because we've got more time to fill because there's fewer people to show. Right. I like that. that. That was one of my favorite parts of watching that show is that it was about the baking, not mm-hmm. the, 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 the spectacle of being on the show, if you will. Like it was, <coughs> it's, a, it's a good reality based show. And it's nice, too, that it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, they're home bakers, but they're, um, you know, they're proficient. Mm -hmm. They're not professional, so they don't have, like, this professional attitude, but they're also not, like, 
morons <laughs> like you get on a, a lot of American cooking shows where they're, they're like, Hell's yeah, I think I can. <laughs> yeah, that or nailed it who like are intended to be yeah, bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was just nice to see like these are just regular people and like. You know, the but you can tell by the way they talk that they're just like, you know, they're just normal average people who just happen to like baking and have clearly done a lot of, of practicing with it because they knew all about all kinds of stuff that I have never heard of. So, and apparently they pronounce baklava, baklava Which, in no, England. No, wrong. what? That's wrong. No. <laughs> Listen, know. I made peace with garage. I don't think I can do bakla- k- b- can't baklava. 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, no, no, no. I'll pass. Oh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to England for the time being. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's, a, it's not out that far out of the norm for you, Karen. I was going to say, I'm not surprised. And honestly, like, I have not been watching the British Baking Show because uh, I've been trying to catch up on other things. And I'm, like, kind of looking forward to it because one of the things that I kept prioritizing I'm now done with. So I'm going to be going back to British Baking Show. And I heard they just put out a stuff. new season of, like, holiday baking. So Oh, hell yes. That, that's, a, that's a good uh, thing for you to... Mm-mm-mm get on jump on board this this show inspires me to bake in ways that i have never baked before and i'm thinking maybe i need to watch a cooking show that's like somehow as good as this and then maybe i'll cook again because right now man i like have no motivation i feel so bad for evan he's a very patient man Mm. so there's a lot of days where i'm like i made chili eat it all week (laughs) (laughs) i saw a tweet the other day that was like what do they say? How long can we as a nation continue to cook dinner? Oh, wow. <laughs> Just like, I mean, because like we've been all like being in our houses for so long and cooking yep. in. It's like, oh, my God, can we keep doing this? Because I can't. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not my favorite. I will say I'm. I have a new uh, excitement for the cheat day. Where you get to experiment with things outside. Like, what is what was she, she? I did something good today, and she's like, "You know what? You did something good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, a, a prize, and it's gonna be pizza." And I'm like, "No, I want Chick Fil A." Like that was the like that was the the perk. <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy is like I we had some cookies. I decided last week to go nuts, and I made three different kinds of cookies, and. Tonight, I was like, let's have some cookies while we watch The Mandalorian. And then we had like, I don't know what, four or five cookies each. And yep. we were like, Ugh. and the worst part of it is that we, I'm usually a person who can eat like half a pack to a full pack of Oreos in one sitting and not blank. The family sized pack. Uh, double stuff, of course. <sighs> and this, you know, I feel weak now. Like we started eating healthier recently and it's broken us. It's uh, so she asked me. That was me, your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> she asked me last week, like, like if, what kind of cookie I wanted because she was making these oatmeal things. This is tied into baking. And I said, I sent her the recipe for Danish mm. butter cookies because mm. every Damn. Christmas I usually get myself one tin of Danish butter cookies and it's usually the normal size tin. Now I work in a warehouse club now, so it is a bathtub of Danish butter cookies that I can buy and I'm like I'm 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 not doing that because that's too many Danish butter cookies. There's no such thing. That's a lie. She made them and she you're supposed to pipe them out 
and she didn't have the right size pipe, so they all came out like little poop emojis. <laughs> but they are the most delicious poop emojis I've ever eaten. And the recipe, like one of the things it says you can do in the recipe is like melt chocolate and dip them. And I really want to make poop emoji cookies now just because it would be such a perfect representation of 2020. There you go. Good the perfect stuff. holiday cookie for 2020. But Evan, I have a question. If you're not buying a tin of Danish butter cookies, then where are you keeping your sewing supplies? That's very true. <laughs> right. I had to cut back on my sewing supplies. I didn't even think about it. Honey, I have to go out and buy a tin. Maybe I I'll told you, listen, I can't keep putting my tools in a toolbox. <laughs> they need to be in a tin. That's how sewing Danish works. Butter tin. That's, that's the only use for that can afterwards. Yeah, which is funny because I only recently learned that that was a thing. <laughs> I was streaming. Oh, honey, you're so young. I was no, I was streaming, and people my age also knew of this. They were like, "Don't you have a grandmother?" And I was like, "Yes." And she had a sewing table, not a tin. What the fuck? And a tin is not just for sewing. You could literally put anything in it. Yeah, evidently, it's my fault. Really, I should have known. I'm an uncultured. You really should swine. have. Come on. I know. So, hun, I'm going to ask you. Are you, uh, Karen? Are, are you? Yeah, I'm All good. Right. Hun, uh, what have you been watching this week? Because I'm looking at the Plex. Wait, and... I have to know one more thing, oh. Karen. Yes. Okay. Apparently I thought I was done, but I wasn't. You're not. There's only one more thing I must know. And I haven't watched any of it yet. But the supernatural ending. <sighs> yeah, you're Yes. Nay. Yes. Um, absolutely, yes. I forgot that that was also this oh, past month. I was trying um, to get past that. I didn't want her to cry. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to cry. Uh, no, I'm going to cry. Both of you are going to start crying. <laughs> then I'm going to cry. Chris is just going to You're look looking at, at me funny. like, why aren't you going to cry? No, you cried a little. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> oh, damn. Calling you out. Man, we got to work on that definition that part. of little, I was honey. thinking about the ending. I cried yeah. a little at the ending. Yeah, I cried yeah. a lot at the not ending. She cries a lot when Supernatural ends. Let's be real, people. She ugly uh, No, there was a there was a scene uh, surprisingly early on, because I watched it with her. And, um, and it meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was an it was, it was kind a of show. a surprising scene, and uh, it was definitely moving. And but you know, it was a uh, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> was, yes, racking sobs. Yeah, there was it was uh, gasping. Was it this noise? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I couldn't breathe that god. much. Oh my yeah, god! It was, uh, Stop it! Okay, I, I, oh my god! Oh my god! I, I was not that sad by the end of the episode. <sighs> if that helps you. Okay. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta stop talking about it. I'm feeling so yeah. many feels. I just, <laughs> I just will say when we can revisit it once you've seen it. But I okay. will say I was satisfied with the ending. Well, I can. Some tell people you. were not. Some people were mad. I thought it was fitting. I t I feel like you I I am I am inclined to believe that you and I are going to agree on that and I'm also I ha I like have avoided everything hard so this is like very surprising for me to say but um but I I have also decided that I want to binge this season like crazy when I finally start watching it. So it's going to be like a ride or die. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> Evan and I have to clear she's our not, schedule for two days. She's not doing anything for how yeah. how many episodes it, are there in the season? It's like twenty. So yeah, an something hour like piece. that. So like 
four days. It's usually like 22 to 24, I think, but I think it's shorter this time. It was a little shorter, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 20 hours of television in two days, challenge accepted. <sighs> Do that in one, honey. That's 24 usable hours in the game. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so sorry. Now to answer the question of what have I been watching, I finally finally completed i was preparing myself this is why it came up i completed a tv show you guys i watched the final episode of new girl and it was wonderful oh yay yeah it was well i think like first of all season seven was super short so it took me by surprise uh and then we were in I, uh, the second to last episode evan's sitting there watching it with me and he's like man where do they go from here and i was like that's a great question and then i's like nowhere the show is ending the next episode is the last episode i don't know how to feel the panic that came across her face i wish i had my camera because it was it was priceless <laughs> it was not a good moment for angie but the good news is um i actually thought that they did a really good job of handling it gracefully uh because the whole episode is about how nick and jess are leaving the loft and jess can't let go and like she makes everybody show up there and then she's like guys i know you're gonna miss it i saved all your favorite stuff and then they're like no honey it's you who's having a hard time letting go and i was like i am having a hard time letting go they knew (laughs) so it was very well done and it left the end of the show with that wonderful sense of adventure and lightheartedness that i think this show captured so well and that feeling of togetherness and family but growth and like just that connection between all of the characters and it was really also helpful because between seasons six and seven, there's a three-year gap. So, like in within the timeline in the show, so it um it really helps because I think like you're like okay, they're like everybody is getting on with their lives. Nick and Jess are definitely like good. Everything is good. CC Schmidt, like Winston. Who cares about Winston? Um, Aw, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> Winnie the Bish is quite happy with his beautiful lady who I don't... I know we do spoilers, but I don't want to give away too much. No, I don't um, give away too much because I've never seen it and I'm interested. It's Yeah, oh. like all the characters are good. As far as I can tell, Coach like seems to be good. Uh, Coach shows up at the end? Yeah, there was oh, like nice. one episode where he made an appearance um but they wrote him off a while ago they did <laughs> they he just referenced him like funeral. every seven episodes remember that guy coach he lived here once <laughs> remember that guy that was in the first episode and then, then he was <laughs> replaced for later, all the rest of the season <laughs> he needed work so we wrote him into the show and then we wrote him back out of the show he, yep, i think he was related to a wayans brother wasn't he a wayans brother yes yes he, he was a wayans so yeah so uh that has been kind of like the big thing for me because uh it's just a show that I like enjoy and last week I sprained my ankle and like that's the show that I put on when I like want to feel good and so I was in an awful mood and in a lot of pain and I was able to just like put that show on and smile and I think this is going to be one of those shows that I like to just put on in the background um, and just have like playing behind me and the consistent rewatch yeah like i i would like to have a show like that for a long time it was supernatural but i don't think i can i don't know there's too many like you know they they always say in that show what is it there's no um what is it no girl moments or something what is the line dean always says no chick flick, no moments. Chick flick moments there we go thank you and like that's like all that show is which i think is just its way of making fun of itself 
but sometimes I just want something lighthearted and fun, and I really feel like New Girl does that, so, yeah. Um, Supernatural related, I had a, a friend who is several seasons behind, and I was like, uh, she, you know, she asked me about the finale, she knew I was going to be upset about it. And uh, she's like, I think I'm just going to leave my husband behind because they were watching it together. And she's like, he goes too slow. So I'm just going to I'm just going to dive in and go for it. Where should I start? Mm. And so we like worked out a formula, you know, where she left off. And, you know, no, I mean, she had (laughs) she watched the show, but she fell off at some point. Um, And so I was like, we eventually arrived at like. You should start at season 10 because that'll give you all the background of the characters that are like important by the end of the series. And also it means that you get to watch freaking fan fiction, which is my favorite episode (laughs) ever. I can't believe she hasn't seen that one. (sighs) Anyway. So honey, is that, is that, is that all you've been watching? Um, why do I feel like that was such a pointed question? Because it I, is a pointed question. Listen, I don't have to talk. All right, I will shamefully. Uh, no, that is not even what I'm talking about. Wait, oh no, wait, wait, wait. What have I been watching? <laughs> Go ahead. You could talk about that though. That your 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 I'm, guilty pleasure been, that you're blushing over. I've been <laughs> rewatching some of America's Next Top Model. I put it on in the background sometimes when I have to do things, but I want noise. And then and every boy is it noisy. Yes, but every like. You know, out of out of the, I don't even know how long the episodes are. Let's say the episode is forty minutes. There's about ten minutes of solid content in every episode, and that is what I'm there for. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't, I don't know, honey. What have I been watching? So <clears throat> there is no need to feel guilty about that. By the way, it's 2020, and anything goes. Thank you. So um, apparently, someone had made a suggestion to you of a show to watch. Oh, and we watched the first episode of it together to me. and we enjoyed it immensely together did we because you didn't seem like you oh, cared about uh, that much. apparently that's what you thought because you watched another five episodes of it without oh, no, me that was another play in the back i actually uh-huh. fell asleep so uh-huh. i definitely need to go the back plex tells all honey yes oh my god <laughs> Wow, I feel like I'm being stalked via television and no, that's judged how I, that's on how by someone it. you live with, no less. <laughs> right? That's how I actually remember what I've watched this week. I'm like, lie to me. Did we watch that many episodes? The first, no, and the worst part of this is that I keep asking him, so there's a new season of American Horror Story that I talked about last time, and I keep asking him, do you want to watch that with me? Because I'm waiting to watch it. And apparently, like, that's not interesting, but lie to me is? I don't know. I can't understand this man anymore. Somebody help. I need a roadmap. <laughs> They need to, like, work that into, like, modern wedding vows. Like, thou shalt not, you know, watch the show without your partner, whatever, or something. Thou shalt not skip ahead. (laughs) Yeah. But at least I know that for Supernatural, we will be watching that together. Yeah, and that's, that's, like, we have to do that soon, because I am seriously interested. And I, honest to God, don't remember where I left off. Like I have to actually look at the episodes. Oh, we you were ahead of me and then I caught up and now we're now we're we should be at the same point. So How many seasons was Jack in? Oh, too many. Uh, Sorry. Like five. Oh shit. Like the last thing I remember is Jack in the the the, the burger joint, like the first no, episode. No, 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 of no. Jack. You're remembering the first episode of Jack, but you and I watched a whole season. All right of jack where okay. they like get your shit together guys <laughs> remember when they went to the alternate dimensions and then... oh yeah yeah yeah. okay we're good all okay. right yes got it sorry wow i didn't even have to say anything else yes cool. okay well moving on so anyway um yeah 
that's I think that's pretty much all that I've been watching. I've been working a lot, you guys. I've had a lot been of busy. stuff going on. I have. Preach. Yeah. Me too. Are you? Are well, what you, about you, uh... Evan? What's your What is your situation? What have you been watching, sir? Well, I, it's really mindless in the background kind of stuff. I, I'm, I, I'm, pre- I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna call it and say that I'm done with that '70s show because I am now in season eight, which no longer has Eric in it. Which, man, there was a steep drop off. It's it's not good, and I may just skip ahead like to the final episode where I know he comes back to see like whatever resolution but um outside of that i'm watching for the first time key and peel and laughing <laughs> they are so funny um i've seen a couple of the skits when he plays them and i freaking love that show it's as of late like this past week or so i've been doing more of like looking ahead for the things that i want to watch i came across a show called marvel's 6 marvel's 616 which is like it's a Disney Plus show. It's it's like like mini documentaries about the Marvel universe and and the tertiary stuff around it by like the last artist that is still using the the Marvel method and you know it's weird things that that sort of piqued my interest. Um, and I'm gonna dive into that soon. Uh, a show called The Professionals, which stars um, oh my god, what was the, he's the guy that played Clark on Smallville. Damn it. Just a bunch of amateurs. Yes, very amateur. Um, it's, a, it's a military. Tom Welling. Tom Welling, thank you. Totally like Tom Welling is, is a military kind of guy. Evan hosts a Smallville podcast, yeah, by a, the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I felt bad and, for and a hot it's second. Getting and it's like, taken no, away it's, from him. It's me. I don't remember any names at all. And yeah, if I, I do remember it, I will anything, mispronounce it. And Chris, who is notorious for not remembering names, pulled that one. So that's interesting. I feel like he just typed that. And he's also never seen Smallville. I didn't even look that up. I don't know why I knew the answer to that one. Like, that is a mystery to me. Well done, sir. Well done. But the last thing I wanted to actually talk about is a show called Warrior. (laughs) That I feel that once Andrew and I start watching this, we're going to get, like, really really in-depth with it. Because it is... It seems to be a cross, like an Asian version of, um, oh, what was that, 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 uh, Old West with, um, Swerzhin. Fuck. They just made the. Swerzhin. It was. Swearingen. Swearingen. Deadwood. Deadwood. So it's like an Asian version, or it's, it's, it's like Deadwood, more in line with the Asian culture. And it's like based on this, the writings of Bruce Lee. Like apparently, Bruce Lee did fiction at some point in time, and it looks so badass. And I like that style. And I know my my lovely lady is very interested in the Asian culture. So like, I feel like once we start watching that, just we're gonna call blow it like through. you see it, babe. It's I'm a weeb. Yeah, it's very true. It's there's like two seasons of it. We're gonna blow through that pretty quick, but. Other than that, I have it. There's not. I haven't watched anything like current. It's all old stuff, and hoping to get find time to watch new stuff. My my uh, brother and sister in law asked for something to be added to the Plex for my nephew, and um, apparently there was four seasons of it. It's a show called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, 
Mm-hmm. And um, apparently my little nephew loves it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna find some of that to put on the Plex for you guys. And 188 episodes later, that kid was never getting out from in front of the television. <laughs> <laughs> That's love right Listen, there. Listen, as a, as a parent, I can say this. Uh, your brother and sister-in-law need... 188 episodes of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It looks adorable. I hope it's it, I hope it's good for the child as opposed to that you know like back in the day. Oh no, it's was... a spin-off of Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It's definitely good for okay. the child. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, and that's about it. Chris. Huh. What have hey, you been you watching? Doing? Oh boy, I have been watching some stuff. Let's see, uh, we're still continuing on in Korra, we're in the mm-hmm. midst of season three, still a lot of setup happening, we just got uh, past uh, Lynn being a real bitch of the Metal Clan, and uh, now she's kind of made up with her sister, and Korra knows how to metal bend. So we're, 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 in, nice. we're, we're in pretty good shape there. The cool stuff, not that, that isn't cool, but the <laughs> new stuff. Alright, I watched the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Right. It was kind of funny uh i laughed a couple of times i'm probably never gonna watch it again okay. it's uh, it's not a new classic that i'll be adding to my list of things to watch but as a star wars fan you know it's it has it's got some jokes it's got jokes okay it's, it doesn't have a lot of jokes about the original holiday special which i suppose is kind of a good thing because really who's gonna actually get that <laughs> But um, very limited. Che- Chewbacca's family is there, nice. you know, lump- lumpy and all. Um, <laughs> Wait, they, what? And lumpy. Chewie has a family. Oh yeah. Yes, che- Chewbacca has a family that was created for the holiday special, including a son named Lumpy. Oh, oh honey, I have God. the holiday special. <laughs> it's the That's holiday nice. season. We can watch that. We can. That doesn't mean we will. I'm sorry, you should, Chris. Please continue. It's it's actually a really fun experiment. See how far you can get. Oh no! That's what Just everyone wants to hear. Which one of the Golden Girls is in it? B. B. Arthur. B. Arthur. Is it B. Arthur? Yeah. B. See Arthur. if you can get through the B. Arthur musical number. Like... What? <laughs> I knew she was in it. I did not know it was a musical number. Oh, it's a musical number. At one point uh... in time, isn't one of the the Wookies watching porn too? I think. What? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas not not straight up porn, me? but like like Master Roshi early Dragon Ball porn, where he's just watching like someone exercise and he gets really into it. It's uh, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> it is amazing. But uh, uh, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and uh, Carrie Fisher are all in it. So that's sort something. That's no, they're actually in it. Okay. They are there. There's no sort of. They're, they're there. No but... backing out of that. They did this thing. It is on record, and I'm okay. sure they all regret it. Right. So yeah, it's a pretty fun challenge. I've made it through the whole thing, but I um not surprised. I, I am a glutton for punishment. Without pausing it, and or... uh, uh, no, I did have to pause it to go to the bathroom at uh, one point, but I was at work anyway, up. so it was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I thought about it. It's uh, it's hard to get through. It's tough, but it's a fun challenge. You know, do you have the option? Turn it on. Watch for five, five, ten minutes. See if you can make. See how far you can make it. It's fun. I think this is what uh, I'm gonna do challenge. the next time I actually see my family for a holiday. And you gotta really talk it up. Oh my god! Did yeah. you see this new Star Wars holiday? Guys, there's this really great holiday film we should all watch together. My family's tradition is to watch. Horror it's the next movies, Christmas so. vacation. Yes. 
Oh, if I, I, I could sell it's, it with it's, that. It'd be cool, you know, get it, get get together with a group of people, stick them in a room, turn on the Star Wars holiday special, and watch see who can go. last the longest. Yeah, watch them slowly <laughs> see go See who insane. cries the least. <laughs> Just because they're, they're, it's, it's really uncomfortable, but... <laughs> the new Lego Star Wars Holiday Special is pretty funny. Pretty funny. It's it's got some good gang gags. It has absolutely no qualms about spoiling anything and everything. It takes place after Rise of Skywalker, and one of the major plot points in Rise of Skywalker that they just completely left out of the movie um, was the whole thing that Finn uh, could use the Force, and that's what he was trying to. If you've never seen Rise of Skywalker, there's this scene where Ray, Ray, and Finn they think they're gonna die, and Finn's like, "Ray, I have to tell you something. It's really important." And then they never mention it again for the rest of the movie. Never again. It just doesn't come up. Hmm. Why apparently would he it? was. Apparently he was rectified. trying to tell her that he can sense the Force and everything. So this takes place after Rise of Skywalker, where Ray is teaching Finn to be a Jedi, and that's kind of like the whole thing. Is she? Uh, she doesn't feel like she's good enough to teach him how to be a Jedi. So she finds this thing. She goes to like a Jedi temple to meditate on it, and she finds this thing that lets her travel through time. And so she goes back and like lands in the. You know, where Luke is looking at the binary suns, or he lands in like the Emperor's room or something. But then, like, the Emperor finds out about it, so he wants to get his hands on it and travel through time and be all kinds of, you know, create all kinds of evil stuff. So you wind up. Wait, there's things go horribly awry. Star Wars? It's, it's comedy time, time travel. So, oh, like, wait. like Darth Vader got uh, the Emperor a nice mug for Christmas. He's, <laughs> like, best Emperor ever. And he, like, throws it and finds out that Kylo Ren is, like, more... He thinks Kylo Ren's more evil than Darth Vader. So he, like, replaces Vader with Kylo Ren, like, right in front of him. And Vader's just following around like a sad puppy the whole time. It's, it's kind of funny, but it's, you know, it's ultimately forgettable. Okay. Power yeah. moves. It's all right. Is this one of those uh, that I watched, where like it's ultimately forgettable, and then in like ten years, people are going to be like, "It's a treasure." I don't know, man. People love this Lego Star Wars stuff. I find it to be ultimately forgettable, but okay. just like I, just like the games, I, the Lego games are neat, but I find them to be ultimately forgettable. There's some decent comedy, but they're just, I don't know, they're they're things I that the exist. They're not bad. Yeah, I was going to say, what about like the Lego the, movies? Like the though? proper Lego titled movies. Yeah, though, um, yeah, both of those I've seen and I like those quite a bit, but those are a pretty different animal okay. from the Lego Star Wars series, like the, gotcha. it's okay. quippy comedy for kids and, you know, it's all right. Okay. I have nothing personal against it, but it's just not of the quality that I like. It's not up to Chris' standards. It's not up to my standards. That's what I was thinking, but not I like the original to... holiday special. <laughs> kind of go. a diva. The gold standard. Uh yeah. Uh so I watched some of the MST three K MST3K Turkey Day Marathon. Nice. I finally got to catch some of that this year. I caught some of Pod People and uh geez, I can't remember what else I caught. I accused my parents. I accused my parents. There's some of that on there. It's one of my favorite ones. That was fun. It's it's neat seeing it because I've never seen their most recent series of live shows and that's kind of who was hosting it was the uh the the girl who's hosting it and the two new voices for crow and servo mm. um because the cast from uh the netflix stuff has already been replaced by the new live touring cast so it's a uh, i don't know it's a little weird but you know she's funny so I- i'm 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 okay with it cool 
So that was neat. Um, cool. But the, the, I'd say that the, the, the top thing that took over uh, my life was we've watched all of the Queen's Gambit. And I absolutely loved that show. I was wondering if you guys are going to bring that back up. And I was like, let it go. Let it go. Okay. No, no, we finished it. Uh, we stayed up way too late, like just pounding through the last couple of episodes because it is enthralling. So I love it. I've since seen like some backlash online about talking about how the show is ultimately hollow and it doesn't, this isn't what a woman looks like when she hits rock bottom because she's still sexy. And it's like, uh, what? huh? Uh, okay. Uh, what kind of commentary is that? It's it all seems guy. to make sense. Yeah, it, <clears throat> this is the was the the memes going around like this is what a uh, woman hitting rock bottom looks like when a man writes the show. Like, well, I mean, okay, <laughs> Damn. sure. Uh, look, I I don't give a crap about any of that. That show was enthralling. I was so interested in it, like watching the chess matches and just yeah, the like way a all... show about chess, and it's like you can't look away. Yeah, edge of your seat. I was completely sold on this show. Um, and like the 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 actors, the other other actors were all really good. Besides, like the 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 girl, I can't remember her name. She was really really good. She played um, God, she played Ileana in that New Mutants movie that just came out. Um. That's supposed to not be very good, but uh, th- she was just amazing in this. But everybody else involved was really cool too, including um, a surprisingly good performance from the dude who played uh, Neville. No, not Neville. Uh, Dudley. Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter movies. What? <laughs> and uh, yeah, like he he plays like this complete piece of shit early on, and I was like, well, that was a neat cameo. But then he comes back later, and it's like. Oh, okay, and I don't actually hate this. This is interesting. And uh, what was the other one? Is the kid from uh, Love Actually, who plays like, uh, I mean, he's a grown-up now, but he still looks like that kid from Love Actually, except he's got this, like, scraggly beard going on. So it's like, it's weird, because he's a good actor, and he plays this part really well, but I just see him as a kid with, like, hair taped to his chin. It's hysterical. <laughs> no, that show absolutely ruled. Is, loved, what is I it? loved every minute of it. What, uh, Netflix? What Netflix is? limited series. So it's not, there's not going to be a season two. It all wraps up nicely in the end. And, uh, yeah, I was at all the dramatic moments hit, uh, all the com- comedy moments hit. I was rooting for her and, uh, I don't know. I thought her descent, uh, was very well portrayed. Uh, and it was very much a, did a good job of visually portraying the time periods that it takes place in. I don't know. I I really liked it. I really really liked it. Cool. Uh, yeah. I did too. <laughs> we watched still... it together, and I also liked it. Yeah, I'm still curious about it. It's definitely something that's on my radar. We'll put it that way. Yeah, man. It's not. It's not very long. Just just go for it, man. Seven I really episodes. liked it. Seven episodes of. And we watched four of them in one night, <laughs> which really? is a lot for us. Like. We I stayed up till like anybody. midnight or something to watch it, and I was like, "I need to go to bed, but I can't not not watch the rest of this right now. I I need to finish this." Every so. once in a while, we'll just look at each other and go, "You want to be stupid?" <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is yes, <laughs> nine times out of ten. Then we watched Ant Man. That movie's great. <laughs> yes, it is. I haven't watched that in a while, but it is a fun time. What did, what yeah, we're working did we our way through that the we, MCU. I so. really enjoyed that. Oh my god, boss level, so oh. good! I want to talk about it all the time. Forever. Oh. It's not a TV show, but it's a movie. But you got to watch it. Okay, thanks. 
Is that that new Ryan Reynolds one? No, no. it's not Ryan. Okay. Unfortunately, so, it's Mel Gibson. Well, he's uh, the but he's the bad guy. He's, he's the, bad the bad guy. guy. So it's actually great. It's perfect. So the main character in the film is actually um, his name. I don't his, know this guy. His name like, is Frank Grillo. Yeah, he I, was in um, like uh, like Avengers. He was the bad military guy that ended up looking like uh-huh. Jigsaw. He, he uh, crossbones. I don't. Yeah. I, it's maybe I, maybe it was crossbones. I I'm not a hundred percent. Rumlow. What's that? He's Brock Rumlow in Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Crossbones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His name is Frank, and he played a character called Roy Pulver, and he is stuck <gasps> in a. That's video what I know him loop. from. He was also in the Purge election Almost. year. Sorry, that's why. <laughs> he keeps playing the same. He keeps reliving the same day over and over again, but it is. A truly action-packed day where he's being hunted down by assassins. It's amazing. It's so good. So I've yeah he oh my god he's like it, it's such a good movie. It's and it had I, a lot I, of I heart too. It's kind of surprising. Bad to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll put it on the list of things to to possibly watch someday. Mm-hmm. But you know we have a lot of we have a lot of holiday movies to get through. We didn't even mention Die Hard. Oh, that did you was... watch well, Die Hard? Yeah, yet? but. No, I thought you meant we had a conversation about oh, what we yeah, need to watch well, with the children. With the children, yeah. Right. Are you going to make your kids watch Die Hard? <laughs> not no, quite we're yet, not no. going to make our kid watch Die Hard. I mean, I'm just thinking I'm about for it. I will support general. that statement. <laughs> we did have John stay up late with us to watch. I'm now completely blanking on what it actually National was. Lampoon's National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Vacation. vacation. <laughs> did he get it? He, he got enough liked of it. Good enough. enough of it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> It's he funny, was... he's seven, and he has a seven-year-old cousin, and um, <laughs> his favorite part was the part with the sled, uh, you know, where he the, the, where they up the sled the and goes, sled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. goes shooting <laughs> down the mountain really Shoots fast. sparks um, while it's on the So this is a tradition that every year with my family, we watch this movie on um, Thanksgiving after dinner, mm. and we didn't see my family this year, so... Um, my sister and mother got together and they watched it and uh, her seven-year-old son watched it with them. So I said, you know, how did Dylan like the movie? Yeah. Oh, John's favorite part was the sled part. What was Dylan's favorite part? I don't know. I'll ask him. (laughs) He said the part where the girl gets naked by the pool. (laughs) Oh my God. Good boy. Good boy. Seven. Oh no. You're He's in seven. trouble. You're in trouble. This is not good. <laughs> Wowzers. Yikes. <laughs> I love watching that movie with him. I know this isn't really a TV show thing, but I tell you, watching that movie with him and him just cracking up, like the genuine belly laugh was just the most magical thing I could have possibly asked for out of this year. Like, yeah, like when he's in the attic and he's stepping on the board, <laughs> smacking himself in the face. and The squirrel. Putting just... up the Christmas lights and falling off the ladder. Like, he just thought it was hysterical. And live-action movies haven't always been a hit with the kids. But this one was... he It, it was funny enough in, where he was able to, like, stick around for all the, the boring talky bits. Because, yeah, a lot of that humor goes over his mm-hmm. head, like when he's talking to his boss and stuff. But... Man, he he really enjoyed the movie, and it was. And there were definitely wonderful. like like the swearing rant at the end. He just looked at me like, "These are a lot of bad words, mommy." <laughs> like he didn't say it, but that's what his face was saying. <laughs> that's how you that know you're great. cool, kid. Mom and dad let you into the club. 
<laughs> yeah we but. played it pretty slick too um i was reading bedtime stories to him and she was reading stories to ellie and i texted her like should we invite him to come watch the movie with us just like i don't know maybe <laughs> and so like we did the whole bedtime thing and then like we put ellie to bed and and uh before i read the last story to john i was like well, let's go downstairs and watch a movie he's like okay i was like, be quiet about it don't tell your sister <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> It was fantastic. That just All sounded right. like uh, the most parenting parent moment, <laughs> and I love that. It was it was it was pretty magical. But we're gonna we're gonna take ourselves a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Mandalorian season two. So far, you're listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hello, nerds. This is Angie, your fellow podcaster, GeekAid staff member, and artist. Do you need presents for this holiday season? Do you need presents because 2020 sucked? I get it. I hear you. I'm here for you. Treat yourself and your loved ones to something special and check out my Etsy store. As an artist with over 10 years experience, I have a little bit of something for everyone. I have wood-burned ornaments, nerdy prints, and original comic art and portraits. Want a commission? I do those too. Go to Etsy.com slash shop slash art of Angela or check out my website for samples of my work, commission info, and contact information at AngelaFernot.com. Shop small, think big. Want a discount? Use promo code GEEK for 15% off your orders on my Etsy shop. Hey folks, I'm Karen. You may know me as a writer for GeekAid.com or as a co-host of the This Week's Episode podcast. But did you also know I make and sell all the handmade cross-stitch items available at Shoot the Moon Stitches? I have pieces for many different flavors of fandom, including Star Wars, Doctor Who, Supernatural, The Good Place, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and more. They make great decorations for your home or office and unique gifts for the geek who has everything. I also take commissions to make the perfect piece that suits your fandom and style. You can buy online or find me at your favorite local convention or offbeat art show. Visit Shoot the Moon Stitches on Etsy.com and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at STM Stitches for the latest updates and to see examples of my work. That's Shoot the Moon Stitches for all your handmade, geeky, snarky cross-stitch needs. Hi everyone, Chris here. Outside of my work here at Geekade, I'm also a staff writer for Nintendo Force Magazine, a physical publication that aims to follow in the footsteps of the legendary Nintendo Power Magazine. Each issue is filled with reviews, previews, and a general sense of what's going on in the world of Nintendo, and they also come with full-color double-sided posters. Right now, for a limited time, we're offering a special deal on our 2020 full-year bundle. This all-in-one purchase will get you physical copies of every issue we published in 2020, starting with issue number 44 and ending with issue 49. Revisit the weirdness of this year, which began with us looking forward to the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which never happened, and ended with us drawing parallels between Hyrule Warriors' Age of Calamity and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. 
You'll also get the celebrations of Animal Crossing New Horizons and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, as well as a double dose of Mario Magic with our Paper Mario the Origami King issue, which was immediately followed by our Super Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary Extravaganza. All posters and extras are included, so you'll get the Origami Peach Papercraft toy, the Vitamin Connection trading card from Limited Run Games, and six different double-sided wall posters for a total of 12 new images to consider using for your home decor. Don't miss this bundle deal, especially if you're new to Nintendo Force and wanting to get cut off on some of the back issues you missed. And if you like it, you can subscribe at any time for just $5 per issue. Nintendo Force Magazine, the force of Nintendo fans. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. It is time to talk about The Mandalorian, which is my pick. Uh, we're mostly going to be talking about Season 2. Let's see, the show premiered November 12th, 2019 on Disney+, and thankfully has uh, been a big hit and came back for Season 2, which I am very happy about. So, uh, there's been five episode air- episodes aired so far this season, so let's break this down. Episode 1 was The Marshal, starring Space Raylan Givens, <laughs> a.k.a. Cobb Vanth. Uh he had Boba Fett's armor, which uh, Mando wanted back, so uh, they went and fought a big old giant snake thingy that was an Easter egg from uh, the original Star Wars, uh, New Hope, in the desert. They were on Tatooine, and then at the end of the episode, we see Tamora Morrison, apparently as Boba Fett, still alive and looking like hell. Uh, we already kind of talked about this on the show, but do you guys have any uh, thoughts you want to bring up before we continue? I just about what specifically? Anything? Just about that episode. Timmy that Elephant episode in particular. It's a true treasure. Oh my god, <clears throat> that man gets me every he time. He is. <laughs> yeah. Timothy, I, off with his pants. <laughs> I didn't say it. It wasn't me this time. Thanks, honey. Um, I appreciate that. Love you. No, I. Uh, one thing that I I still am just floored about is the way that they're able to portray scale on that show. I just love that they have such diverse and epic adventures, and I thought that that was a really fun and great way to like bring us back into the show yeah it was, yeah it was a great opening episode yeah and very star wars i just love mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. all right so uh, episode two this is the one we didn't really talk about too much this is uh, episode two was the passenger uh and this is where we um there were lots of gross spider monsters yeah. oh my uh, god i was so mad do you not like Karen spider does not monsters? Like spiders. <laughs> okay. Karen does not enjoy spiders. There was a lot of that episode that she did not look at, and I don't blame her because those things were pretty terrifying. Uh, that was a really intense episode, and I, I liked how the uh, Rebel Alliance showed up at the end. And they're, is it the same Rebel Alliance guy every time the Rebel Alliance shows up, or do they just get guys that sort of look like each other? I think they get guys that sort of look like each other. Okay. I, I'd have to look it up to be sure, but. I don't know that it was in this episode that I noticed it, but since you bring up the fact that all the Rebel Alliance guys look the same, they've done a really good job in this show of like making all the technology and whatnot look like 
original recipe Star Wars. Nineteen yeah. like it's twenty twenty, but we're gonna <laughs> dial this back forty years and make everything look like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like puppets look like the like Star Wars puppets. Like it's it's not quite as shiny and spotless as uh, the, the the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but it, you know it's, it doesn't look like it was made in the seventies either. It's it's it, this this show's got a good look, man. I oh, yeah. really I like looking the, at this show. I love the fact that everything in this universe is is run by switches and hard push buttons like mm-hmm. everything there's and and like there was a, a couple of fight scenes where they're flying and it still has that red grid when it lines up you know that like, was this episode inside, like this that episode. look of it is something that got lost in the the new trilogy i guess well it was in the prequel trilogy they didn't really have visuals that looked like that they looked a little bit more modern but in the sequel trilogy whenever they're flying around in ships they they looked like that which was one of the things about the sequels i really enjoyed is that they they're like no we're not going to upgrade what the falcon looks like when it's trying to aim it looks like this so the (laughs) sequel so so yeah one two three four five six seven eight nine is what you're talking about is the sequel trilogy okay so i'm talking about one two three They, now, when you go back to the prequels, okay, yeah, they, they were a lot. Things were a lot shinier, and they lost that for this. Which and is then a good somehow thing. mysteriously they evolved into blockier and yeah, yeah, it's weird, <laughs> weird. Really, uh, the, but that no, was no. like the. I remember now the place that I noticed it was when they. Uh, it wasn't this episode, but uh, when they like jumped on board the freighter with Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. That in inside of that whole ship was just like the control panel and everything. Yeah. I was like, that looks just like Star Wars. <laughs> Very early Empire. Mm-hmm. Really, the only thing that that stuck with me about this episode, behind besides the spiders, was uh, the child eating the eggs. Oh, Which that's apparently right. is a source of controversy right now for people on social media. Yeah, because she was like the it was like the last of her kind, and you know. <laughs> Grogu's like eating all the eating all her babies. Mischievous little scamp. I was committing genocide. Many of them. Come on, it was a full barrel of babies. <laughs> I just think it's like the, this is one of those times in television where I'm like, shut up, people. Like honestly, he's a he's a fucking baby. Like he he's constantly like Mando is like nine times out of ten in the episode when he's talking to the kid, he's like, put that down. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't eat that. He's a baby. Like, <laughs> it's an excellent show to watch as a parent. Yeah. Right? So. I'm like, he's literally just parenting and you're getting mad at the kid like, oh, this is amoral, blah, 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 like, or they shouldn't have written the show this way. He's a fucking baby. Like, yeah, he's a go. baby and he wants to eat. Yes. Yeah. Those look delicious and he's gonna, it's not like he's been allowed to eat them. <laughs> No, yeah. he's going to sneak. And he knows he's going to get in trouble for it. He's sneaking it. And I actually was talking to a friend of mine about this, and I really respected this viewpoint where he actually pointed out, like, when he sees the one that hatched, it's like he mm-hmm. makes the connection, like, that's what they become. And he, it's almost like you can, you have that moment where, like, he has that moment of revelation. And that was something where it's like he's still learning guys like yeah he can use the force and maybe he understands more than we think in some ways and maybe not in others but he's still a baby and he's still hungry and he's gonna put his mouth on dumb things you see and when i looked at him seeing that that egg hatch gonna lick the walls my brain says he's like "Ooh, that gets bigger it's gonna be a larger meal that's how i interpreted that look (laughs) or that i mean it could go either way i should wait let them hatch okay Chapter 11. Anyway, uh, the next episode was The Heiress, and this was uh, this was 
super awesome because this is where we got to see um a lot more Mandalorians. We mm-hmm. got to see Bo-Katan, who was a character introduced in the animated series, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, and it was really cool seeing her in live action, very recognizable immediately. Uh, Played by for the amazing who doesn't know, sci-fi I, I, th- goddess. <laughs> yeah. This was, a, it was Battlestar Galactica, right? Yeah. That was a, Katie, well, Battlestar Galactica, she was in That's Riddick. I... Like, she is... Okay. She's she looked a, familiar, she's got some but I didn't sci-fi know why. Bonafides. Well, she did a phenomenal job as Bo-Katan. Who, uh, for anyone un- unfamiliar, she was the last person to own the dark saber before. Um, at the end of uh, Rebels, I think was when uh, Sabine Wren, who was the rightful owner of it, decided to give it to her to run Mandalore. What else was super cool is that the w- the way this show has been playing Mandalorians is very different from the Mandalorian lore that was set up in the the TV shows, and they immediately addressed that, where she takes her helmet off and uh, Mando thinks that she's like, where'd you get that armor? And she's like, bitch, I was born with this. (laughs) (laughs) This is my armor from Mandalore. You don't get more Mandalorian than me. Apparently, uh, Mando are... um, Jeez, what the heck? Din Djarin is... uh, He was raised by a a extremist a breakaway sect, sect. <laughs> a breakaway sect of Mandalorians, which there are several. Um, in fact, Bo-Katan was from a different breakaway set, a sect at a certain point where um, uh, Mandalore went pacifist, and uh, a sect of Mandalorians were like, nope, <laughs> we like violence. <laughs> we wear armor all the time, and we're doing all that stuff. So this was a super cool episode, and this was where, at the end of it... Um, we find out that she is looking for uh, uh, Moff Gideon because she knows he has the dark saber, and then she sends uh, Mando to go find uh, Ahsoka Tano by name, mm-hmm. and that was amazing. What did you guys think of this one? I didn't have any of that background context, so sometimes I feel like when this show comes on, I need to like call you and be like, Chris, <laughs> tell me why this matters. Um, because I felt like she was important, but I didn't have the same connection to her character, so I was like, wow, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> she does come off, like, like she like, comes off as the rough one, where she, she is, like, apparently she's the, the rightful heir of what she's supposed to be doing. Like, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing, and she just... She, she is still kind of a bitch. She's well, was, she is an aggressive character, and she has always been that way. <laughs> is she? Uh, but she also like I I kind of also got the impression that she didn't have a strong sense of honor. Like I was expecting her to turn on him through the entirety of that episode, and I know she kind of manipulated him, and he's like, "This wasn't our deal," and then she's like, "Well, too bad." But that's the story of every episode of the show. He gets manipulated in some way, shape, or form right. to do and something. It, it, he does deal with that pretty, pretty regularly. But he seems to have like hit a a stronger sense of honor, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. I remembered from the Clone Wars cartoon. Although it's been a while, and I know that there was like a lot of controversy because there was that whole like, you know, uh, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Basically, separation between like beliefs among the Mandalorian clan. Like you said, there were mm-hmm. break off sects. Um, but I just like, I did not have that history. So I think this is one of those things where I kind of like, I love that she's there for the fans who know her. And I, it makes me want to go watch other things and like get that history. Like Evan actually said tonight, man, the show is making me curious about star Wars history. God damn it. And that <laughs> this, and I, I remember saying that it was, but it was, 
not from this episode, like this character, even without the background or the history of the character, she was still a really solid character. And this episode was like action packed, Mm -hmm. lots of fighting, but there was a straight storyline. Like we all felt she was going to turn on him in some way, shape or form. She sort of did. And, you know, there was fighting and I, I have noticed, and I think it was in the last episode of the season, but if all of the hallways in this show or in Star Wars in general were just straight, everybody would be dead. If they were like normal hallways, like normal. But hall- there's always there's always blast doors to hide behind. There's always those or little those, cre- crevices those, to yeah, hide what behind. Are those, things? those ridges on the sides of the walls. They're there Stylistic for firefights. Space design. <laughs> now this, this they are a, that was fun a really, set design. Really really good episode. I liked that one. And Space seeing him jump off the the ship at the end. Like swan dive right off the side. That just whoof. That tickled me. That was I a absolutely good, loved badass movie. The, the, the whole characterization you're talking about with Bo-Katan, like it makes so much sense with that character because she's always been Mandalore first. Like she she is ultimately one of the good guys, but mm-hmm. she's fought for the bad guys whenever she's been on the wrong side of things before when it meant what she thought was best for Mandalore. Like, mm-hmm. she always puts her people and her culture before anything else. But, but she is ultimately not one of the bad guys. Is she an ends justify the means kind of character? Yeah, yeah. Throughout the entirety of this episode, it was hard. To, you did not really see that she was for Mandalore. They sort of presented it as she was for her. And then at the end of the episode, you get that sort of little wrap up it's not really for her it's for her people or her place or whatever or what's left of her what's people in her place because yeah. mm-hmm. there's not that many of them that's why she comes off as like she comes off as a bitch most of the episode because they're sort of presenting it as it she's out for herself when in turn if you like i didn't have the backstory i didn't know that she was an heiress to mandalore so I she was know. in charge when the siege of mandalore wiped out the race so yeah she's oh. Her, her characterization makes makes sense because yeah. mm-hmm. she failed. She was in charge when that shit went down. So, and really uh, yeah, it, it's a bad time. But I also really loved seeing in this episode a group of Mandalorians fighting in live action mm-hmm. was amazing to see. Because <laughs> you know you didn't get very much of Boba Fett actually doing anything in the original trilogy, and then like the the action sequences with Jango Fett are cool in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars, but. Outside of that, we've never seen like a group of Mandalorians fight outside of the animated series, yeah. and seeing that in live action was just so incredible. Didn't wasn't there a scene in season one though where like all the Mandalorians came out of hiding to like protect yes. Mando and yep. the child? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is true. We did get to see that in season, but it one. wasn't. It was not this up close and personal. I well, know, like, no. co- like they were all people in helmets. Like this, you get you got a, a more personal touch to it because you saw all of their faces you knew who they were what they were doing kind of thing yeah this but that's a good point i forgot all about that in season one this episode was the first time i fully saw mando use his armor because every other episode yes he gets shot and he does that that brush off like ding and he's like all right yeah that's mm-hmm. a laser blast no big in this episode he this is the one where he runs down the hallway just getting yeah. shot repeatedly to throw the grenades like, so that's like this is gonna hurt, re- but I'm gonna do it. It fully like that's when it clicked to me. Like, oh, that's why he keeps like this is like borderline indestructible armor. And yeah, then later what on, they call you it? find Beskar, out how I exactly what that word is. But yeah, 
that's a, uh, that's just awesome. Yes, <laughs> it was just awesome. Yes, yes. Good, All good right, episode. moving. I just mm, 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 love this show. All right, so <laughs> episode four shows up, and we get to see a couple other characters that we had seen from season one, uh, including the. Uh, the guy who was more or less in charge of what's the name of that planet? I forget. Hmm. Creed. It's it's Creed. Yes, <laughs> the planet Creed. <laughs> and uh, and what was it? Uh, uh, Gina Carano's character, who was uh, mm-hmm. kind of unfortunate, I found out Gina Carano was a parlor nutbag. So yeah. uh, that's yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Listen, um, but anyway, I always uh, say separate the creator from the craft. The same thing goes from art for actors and their roles for me. Yep, I do my best. So uh this was uh this was a fun episode. Yeah. I I rather enjoyed it. Uh it was the the bit at the end with Gideon though. Um yeah. I thought that was really cuz this is where we get to find out what they were trying to do with uh with the child who at this point was unnamed still. Uh and that was that he had a ridiculously high M count, which they're clearly talking about as midichlorian count uh, and they're using his blood to do some sort of cloning thing my first thought was that this guy's working on the the palpatine clones which is how he's back in um rise of skywalker but the pan out to the hallway shows all this armor that looks a lot like uh dark troopers which were previously expanded universe things uh uh they originated from the star wars dark forces video game they're basically force-powered cybernetic clone troopers Really? Like, like, yeah. So, without any knowledge of Star Wars history or especially extended universe history, that was a menacing scene because he does he does the turnaround to look mm-hmm. at the camera and he is a creepy bad guy. And he did that very well. And then they did the pan down the hallway where you're like, oh shit, I don't know what any of this is, but I know it's not good. Mm-hmm. There's cloning going on and there's this stuff going on. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's bad. Like I had to look up what that stuff was. I didn't know dark troopers. I had to look up I look because like that what? my original thought was just like clones, those things look kinda like uh the- Emperor Snoke from uh oh, Supreme Leader Snoke. And I was like, oh, that's that's where I thought they were going. That oh, word. you're talking about the guys in the jars. Yeah, the guys in the jars. I'm looking down that the hallway all, at the very end with all the the black storm storm. That's troopers. the dark troopers, and they that's where I, like, that's where. I, or didn't they have a, a a line of stormtroopers that flew some sort of plane that was all dressed in black? Yeah, but these ones are apparently bigger, okay. and there's a distinct like I didn't catch any of this stuff. I had to look it up later, where people were freaking out about it because I I was freaking out about it because I was like, they're going to tie this into creating Snoke, but no, it's apparently the helmets on those black troopers were very specific to look like dark troopers. Okay, apparently none of this has been actually confirmed. It's just like I mean, it makes sense. They love pulling in expanded universe stuff that got erased from the canon and trying to you know fit it back in in a way that makes sense in the overall narrative so i don't know that was cool stuff man moff gideon is a good villain so uh, hold on because i'm looking at the, about the imagery all right so who is the 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 gina carano's character Cara Dune. Yeah. All right, Cara Dune. I'm looking at a bunch of the because they put like 500 photos per episode up of for each of these shows <laughs> she's got a what looks to be a tattoo under her left eye. Mm-hmm. It's oh, the Rebel Alliance symbol. Of the Rebel Alliance. Oh, that is a neat little touch. Yeah, that was in um, it was it in season one where she was. 
said to have been you know fought it's their whole of her introduction mentioned all that before i, yeah, I think I, where I, she was oh fighting the alliance they just showed the imagery of the the, the stormtrooper stormtrooper that i was talking about but carl weathers directed this episode he did yes he did i was kind of surprised good to job buddy right <laughs> it's a good one it was killer did a the, good job. the credits start rolling and evan's like Wait a second. <laughs> it was a good time. Seriously, you guys, I'm, you know, I like Star Wars. I do. I like it. But I don't have the, like, I don't geek out to the degree that Chris does mm-hmm. over it. So it was funny to me when you say you need to call him and, okay. like, have him explain. Because sitting in the room with him, it's like, I'm watching stuff and the way the show is presented, I'm like... I know this is important, but I don't know why. And then and I, I look at him, and he's just like vibrating. on the edge of his seat with this giant <laughs> grin, like giggling and clapping his hands. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's important." Tell me. I mean, that was literally me for the episode we watched the the most recent one that has Ahsoka. We watched the two of them today. Yeah, the siege and the 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 most and recent the Jedi. Jedi and the Jedi. Yeah, like so. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that I'm sorry, because I, f- I feel like maybe the Siege episode was a good one, but I knew it was coming after that, and I just don't care. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I'm sorry, Carl Weathers. I'm sure you did a great job. I'll go back and rewatch that episode someday, but, like, it was not what I was there for tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, I didn't know the next episode was going to have Ahsoka. I kind of figured it might, but I didn't know... I didn't oh, know I exactly assumed. what this was going to be. Yeah, I just assumed because they were like, when they mentioned her by name, I was like, that bitch better be in the next two episodes or I'm out. <laughs> like, I was I like, figured, mm. I thought we were going to get her soon. And then somebody said, no, we're not going to get her until the season finale. I was like, yeah, that's probably right. Oh, so I just kind of written off the possibility of seeing her until then. But nope. Episode five, the Jedi started off with live action Ahsoka and she's kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, kind of perfect? I what was Evan. not perfect? There is a certain degree of Ashley Eckstein's performance that is intrinsically different from the way um, uh, Rosario, Rosario Dawson, sorry, blanked on her name, was, was playing her. And I don't think that was necessarily a bad choice because I don't know. I have so many questions after this episode because I don't know what happened between the last time we saw her and mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of suspicions that things have not gone extraordinarily well. So her being the way that she is makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've spent a number of years watching a show with Ahsoka on it, and there was definitely something a little What's noticeably the time difference between the, the two. Like the last time you saw her and that and this. I don't mean you personally, I mean in the in the in the universe, in the storyline. Okay. So at the end of Star Wars Rebels, uh, they do a kind of epilogue uh-huh. where they mention how the you know the the decisive battle on Endor brought down the second Death Star. So the end of Rebels is uh kind of like the end of the Return of the Jedi. Okay. And this takes place before, after Return of the Jedi as well, and before the um, the sequel trilogy, before the Rise of the First Order and all that. Okay. So, when we last saw Ahsoka, the main character of uh, Star Wars Rebels was uh, a kid named Ezra, who had become a pretty decently powerful Jedi, and he effectively sacrificed himself on some sort of spacefaring creature to get rid of the villain of the last season, Grand Admiral Thrawn. 
Okay. Okay. So that was that was that's a bit of information that comes up in this episode that yes, I indeed. had no idea about. So Ezra disappears, but they all assume there's a possibility that he's still alive. And um, Dave Filoni, the showrunner, confirmed that that Ezra did survive, but so did Thrawn. So I knew that at at that point. Just in general, oh, so those two characters are still alive. So at the end Ezra. of that show, the Mandalorian um, girl, uh, Sabine Wren, who was the one who gave uh, Bo-Katan the Darksaber in the first place, teamed up with uh, Ahsoka to go find Ezra. Mm-hmm. That was the last we saw of her. So now we see her on this planet. She came back, probably found out all about... Um, Okay, so you know, everything that happened with it's not the, the, that big of a time jump. There is not a huge a one. I think I don't time, remember not... how many years, but it's been a, it's just been a couple of years, okay. not like 30 years or something like that. Okay. And the thing like for anybody else who doesn't know more about Ahsoka, like she was Anakin's Padawan. Um she left the Jedi Order because like Chris probably can explain it better, but if I remember, she was basically like I see problems with this system and I see the direction that Anakin is going in and I'm going to leave the order. And then like, he went straight up dark side. Um, yeah. Kind of like that. It was the, um, there was, she was effectively framed for something. Yeah. And the Jedi order really just kind of went along with it. And Anakin was the one who stuck up for her. Yeah. 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 Anakin stuck up for a bunch. I'm not going to do anything crazy spoilery here, but Anakin stuck up for her a lot. And when it was over, you know, Yoda personally apologized to her and she was like, I'm no, (laughs) this, this showed off some really nasty shit and I'm out. Mm -hmm. And so she left the Jedi order. So when we see her show back up in, um, Star Wars rebels as like, uh, she she's like a remnant of the Jedi, but she's very much not a Jedi, and like she never wears that Jedi thing again. Uh, which is so I don't know. Starting the episode with live action Ahsoka is like ninety nine percent perfect. I just I love the casting. Like uh, uh, it's weird hearing a different voice come out of that character, but she looks so oh, they did perfect. Such a good mm-hmm. job with that costume. <laughs> Like yeah. not even the costume, so... her natural facial features yeah. are so similar to his, to Ahsoka's. It's the nose and the lips in particular are mm-hmm. very similar to Ahsoka's. It's like weird how did, perfect that works out. Did you know that like part of the reason she got cast was because of one of those like fan base like fan casts? I did know that, which is pretty wild. I thought that was pretty awesome. I just found that out today because after I watched the episode, uh, list, dear listeners, I actually asked Chris and Karen, I was like, I know it's not a news week, but can we talk a little about like any news surrounding this? Because I immediately Googled like everything about Rosario Dawson working on this episode because I was just so intrigued. And like this was the one thing that I could say from the Star Wars universe that I brought into this episode like that I am truly a fan of because the Clone Wars was the only Star Wars property that I had like gotten into in a way that felt organic to me that wasn't forced that wasn't like oh I just have to watch this because Star Wars um and I never got to finish the series but I was so attached to Ahsoka and then I heard that like she was in another series which of course was Rebels and then like knowing she was going to come back in this I never got to watch Rebels so just like getting to see her come back and i i have like such a lady boner for rosario dawson 
So <laughs> I have just like, a regular boner for right. We both love her. She's just beautiful, and she's so good in everything she does. And like, oh, yeah. So like, this was like literally such a fan. I haven't fangirled this hard in a while. Like it she was... slapped me like ninety two times in the shoulder when when the, when the the sabers lit up and it lit her face. Oh my god! That, oh that, man! Oh my god! That was awesome. And so that, many good it, times. It was instinctual. Like yeah, the more excited I got, the harder I started hitting. I didn't even mean to. I was just like, are you paying attention? Do you think this is as cool as I I think it's nerd. He was like, yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know uh, Besker armor stopped lightsabers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that uh, was I, the big thing I got. I'm like, that's why he was okay to run down the hallway. He knows that he could do it. Yeah. That armor is nuts. And apparently that is a thing. It's been shown off in, in previous things, like in comic books or something that I've never read. But yeah, that is a that is a canonical thing that it can stop lightsabers. So that was really cool to see. Uh, but yeah, ah- Ahsoka was just phenomenal. That was uh, really cool seeing her in there again. And oh my goodness, Angie, as an Ahsoka fan, you got to watch. You got to watch Rebels. Yeah. She doesn't show up until like season two. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, there are moments with Ahsoka in in Rebels that are some of the best in all of Star Wars, oh bar none. Oh my god. Like, just some of the best. It's... Mm, outstanding stuff. <laughs> so anyway, continuing on, um, we uh, she talks, communicates with with a baby Yoda whose real name is Grogu, Meh. which I think is very cute. Meh. Yeah, I, yeah. I I still, you know, baby Yoda will always be the at, at the heart of this for me, but. His I reaction to his nice. name was fucking adorable. That, that's what sold. That's what sold it for me. Like yeah. Grogu. I'm like, huh? And then they, then he turns his head. It's like Grogu. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. it just makes him so happy. So I'm I'm in. I'm sold. Fine, take it. Grogu. Uh, did you did you know anything about Magistrate Elspeth uh, before this episode? Like, was she a character? Nope. No. Okay. So she was just like she may dropped. have been, but I, okay. that's news to me. But I was so excited because I don't know if you know the woman who played her. She looked familiar to me, and I didn't know why. She is uh, her her dad, if I'm not mistaken. She's a stunt woman, and her dad was actually a, a student of Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee was her godfather. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Neat. Yeah, so she's like a straight up legit martial artist. And so when I started reading about like Rosario Dawson's role, like one of the things I wanted to know was like what kind of training did she have to do? Because she looked like she was moving very organically with the lightsabers. Now I know there are stunt doubles and all this other stuff, but just like everything about her movement felt so good. And then when she gets into combat, they cut away a bit, and I was kind of like wondering why that was and i i got the sense that like maybe she just didn't have you know it was one episode like maybe she just didn't have the time to like really put in solid training for this but she also does have like her background from being on like daredevil and being around martial arts there and then there's like um well, what is it uh, uh shitty white Bob privilege martial and... arts oh yeah that too <laughs> um Iron Fist. Uh, So, like, you know, her role in that where, like, she starts training and she wants to, like, be stronger. And so I know she's had experience being around roles that involve martial arts. Um, But, like, then Diana shows up and I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I just thought that was a really cool moment. And I just wondered if there was any significance to that character because we also did not technically see her die. So I would I just... It's just cool. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. That was her. really cool. I, I, if there is significance to her, I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, but that whole scene, the whole fight was awesome. Yeah. And uh, when she was asking where her boss was, I was assuming her boss was a. Uh, Moff Gideon? Moff Gideon. And when she said, where's Thrawn? I was like, oh. And that's when you giggled on the chair. And I went, oh, shit, I know that's an important name. I have no idea who that is. And that's when I made the comment, this show is making me want to watch more of, like, Rebels. And, like, none of the movies of Star Wars have made me go, you know, I want to go back and learn more. (laughs) Like, it's like, eh, that was okay. What about Rogue One? Or did that only I, happen for me? That I knew what happened. Like, oh, Rogue, that's fair. Like, I was aware of this, the the Where that sequence of yeah. actions that led up <laughs> to Rogue bad. One. It was yeah. That's the great thing about Rogue One. That is the backstory. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, that's 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 fair. In in fairness, to clarify, I had not seen the original trilogy when I saw Rogue One, and that was the reason I actually went back and watched it. Huh. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I want to do something for our listeners right now that bothered me the entirety of the episode. And I'm going to clear it up for people now in case you haven't watched this episode yet. And you'll see a guy. Uh, the character's name is Lang. And that, that, that character is the soldier that's always standing next to the bad woman. The magistrate. Mm-hmm. The magistrate. Mm-hmm. Okay. His name is Lang. He has that face. And you know who he is. <laughs> and you don't know who he is. But his name is Michael Ben B I E H N, and he played Kyle Reese in the first Terminator. <gasps> what? And that, see, now I'm okay. Like okay. That, he played a, a hundred other roles, but I was like, <laughs> I know that dude's face, and I think it's like RoboCop or something, and I don't know where it was it's from. Like that shit was eating me alive stuff. while I was watching this episode. Nice. <laughs> Well done, honey. There you go. Kyle Reese making an appearance in Mando. Thanks. We needed that. <laughs> I don't think he will. Didn't they kill him? Yeah, he died. Oh, yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Well. No, he got yeah, shot. He, got he was shot, on the ground. But, yeah, he got, he got very shot. <laughs> that, the action scene in, the highlight of this episode the, it was the opening scene for me, was the opening scene watching her fight whatever those things were sort of like military cross with the sand people you know the, the, uh-huh. the and her using the fog and the lightsabers and mm-hmm. ju- it was it was it was beautiful and so freaking violent and awesome like it was so well done and the use of the landscape i just thought that that was really cool um i actually read when that she fights him and like looks up at the tree branch and smiles <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, that was great. I read that uh, Filoni actually did that because, like, he, being from California, like, he and his wife have had to move a lot. And I think he's, like, slightly scarred from all of the, the fire damage and, like, seeing the, that terrain. And, like, mm. it was his way. It was, like, I think it was a little cathartic for him. But I thought it was, like, such an amazing use of the atmosphere. Um, and just, like, setting such a solid mood. And, oh, God, that fucking lighting. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. I also saw somewhere that there's some shots in this episode that uh, were specific tribute to. Help me, because I'm not going to uh, come up Yusagi, with the right thing. Uh, I'm going to sound the Yusagi the, the, the no. samurai movie yes. that Star Wars is like an homage to. Is it Yojimbo? Is it? Yeah, fucking gosh. Wait, wait, wait! It Star is a, Wars is a Star Wars is a direct ripoff of uh, an 
and uh, spaghetti western. Holy shit! I know exactly what you're talking about, Karen. They literally did it shot for shot too. Yeah, it, there was this. It was specifically when Ahsoka was coming down Seven the main swords? drag toward the city, and like the magistrate was out there with all her, uh, you know, with the all her muscle. Fortress. The hidden fortress. Yeah. Yojimbo, Seven yeah, it was, Samurai, it, Ron, yeah. Rashomon. So basically, he was obsessed with Kurosawa. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like they, a lot of people were obsessed with Kurosawa and Star Wars. A lot of the 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 visualization of Star Wars comes oh from Kurosawa movies. So Filoni had put some shots in this episode that were like direct shot for shot recreations of uh, of one of those. That's so which was cool. pretty cool. And I think that the episode that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard did, she also included some homages to um, a Ron Howard movie that I've never seen. I was like a. Happy Days. Oh, like a, Wait, no. Yeah, it was from Happy Days. It was, it was an homage <laughs> to something her dad had directed, and it was uh, some fan noticed it straight away, and she responded on Twitter like, yep, nailed it. That was 100% That was 100% what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I love that. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I like, I love everything think, about this show. Yes. I Well, again, it, just the, the quality of the production, like, the set design, because like when they're panning, even through little stuff, like right when he's walking through a small market and you just have all of these extras and these costumes and you know that there's a lot of stuff that they are like CGIing to create the vast expanses of background and world. But I honestly can't tell a lot of times where the scene ends and the CGI begins, which is like the best thing ever to me. Um, and so, like, as an artist, this is just, like, constant eye candy, this show. And But it's also not, like, the prequels stuffed for the sake of being stuffed. Right. Like, at a certain point, Lucas became obsessed with, and he did this in the, uh, when he, special, uh, special edition to the original trilogy, where he just started putting moving stuff everywhere. It's like, mm -hmm. nah, there's gonna be little critters, and when we're here, and this, the frog's gonna eat something, and this robot's gonna punch on the robot on the head, it's just gonna be <laughs> chaos everywhere. It's like... Focus, please. Yeah, rein it in. No, it's the so background artful. stuff is cool, and, and that was another thing that they got right in the the sequels is that when there was a group of things going on, there was not so much else just living and squirming in the background for the sake of it being living and squirming in the background. And this show absolutely nails that feeling of the original trilogy and what made the Star Wars universe so believable to begin with. That it wasn't like. I'm in this room full of look at that thing, look at that thing, look at that thing. It's like, no, those things look organic, therefore they blend into the background unless you really look at them and then you realize that's a weird looking slug dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they like just the 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 aspects of the quality and the production and um like even going back to just the way people connect to their characters, like when I was reading about Rosario being Ahsoka, like she said that she looks at Ahsoka, um, the way that she was written in this episode, she is being treated sort of like she is a a samurai, like a Ronin almost, like she just, she is she is a warrior without a clan, so to speak, um, but she's also very disciplined and she it is she just has a lot of experience and it's not that she's jaded but she is informed and it like to hear that like you have like space samurais basically for <laughs> for the jedi knights like it, that connection just feels even stronger now and oh my god my mind is being blown i'm still going to like dwell on this everything that they like the back the key the constant references to backstory that they did in this episode really makes 
makes me want to learn more. Like she, she was, she's not going to train uh, Baby Yoda because <laughs> she knows what could go wrong. Like when, when, like just that, the being open to the possibility of it going dark. Like she's like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to be a part of that again. And like. I'm watching going, what what happened? Why? Why? <laughs> I know it's Anakin. I know that's a thing, but why? But that's my, that was one of my big questions because at first I thought that I had this in exactly how she, when she started talking about it, like for a split second, I'm thinking she's talking about Anakin. What if she's talking about Ezra? Because oh. she didn't train Anakin. Where is Ezra? <laughs> and now when you said Ezra, like, like you, I did not know about her involvement with Ezra before mentioning it. Now I could see how, like, becoming one with the Force and, and becoming bigger or part of the bigger storyline can put that character in in more danger. Like, yeah, maybe that's where she's like, no, I don't want to put this kid in ultimate danger because of the power that he possibly possesses. I want to believe because there's this imagery from one of the comic books where, um. Ah- ahsoka is talking to luke about her his father it's like i wish you see you saw him the way i saw and then he references yeah i did like when he died he went to the forest and i saw him and like she breaks down in tears like it's it's just a beautiful one page like eight ten panels and it wasn't even it was like six it was very very so well done and so well like you could see how heart-wrenching that relationship was for her and i want i want more of that so we actually watched one episode of clone wars like you We're know because we had a star it. wars fan out of you yet honey. and and it's not but it's i watched it i'm like yeah some of this was good i like seeing yoda flip around and whatnot but this is a kid's show like the robots make a lot of really bad jokes. We need your guide. We need so, your, your watch they, this I'll, guide. I'll send you the guide <laughs> to avoid a lot of that stuff. You still have to suffer through some of it just because of character development. But boy, you're when you get to Rebels, uh, that there are, there are a couple of face-offs that inevitably happen in Rebels, and you know that they have to happen because of the nature of the show, but you do get to see the face-off between Ahsoka and Darth Vader, and you do get to see the end I of Darth Maul, chill, and, I haven't and a how Obi-Wan ever. became more like the samurai Obi-Wan that he is in the original trilogy, as opposed to the flipping, swinging the saber around that he is in the prequel trilogy. <laughs> That's Rebels is amazing. Crazy. <laughs> I can't believe Evan just got a Star Wars chill. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> there's um there's speculation out there too that you know Ezra will eventually turn up on Mandalorian and like who's gonna play him and all this stuff and like the leading fan theory is that Raul Coley from uh, iZombie okay would be Ezra would be a good Ezra and like. It's like people are constantly harassing him about it. Like you are, you're gonna be it. You're gonna do it. I know you are. You'd be perfect. Isn't he a little old? (laughs) Well, I mean, if it's been a couple of years since, yeah, no, he's pretty much right where he should be for Ezra at that point. But his uh, his response is my favorite of his responses to this theory has been that he said, uh, "I'm not gonna be Ezra, and I'll prove it to you. Space Mountain sucks." Because, <laughs> oh, like, if damn. he was working for Disney, he wouldn't be able to say anything <laughs> negative about them. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, my questions are all right, so Thrawn's back and Ahsoka's back. So, now this, this 
thing where they went to go uh, where where Ezra effectively sacrificed himself to get rid of Thrawn was on a creature that was able to travel through hyperspace. So wherever they went was extremely far away, mm-hmm. which um explains why um I guess explains why Ahsoka wasn't around for Oh, but that doesn't add up. Now I'm now I'm a little I'm confusing myself again. Why? Oh wait, no, never mind. Backstory. That's we, explained we, we, why we, she we, wasn't timing. around during the whole fall of the empire. That's that's explained. Never mind. Ignore that. But they went very far away. So if Thrawn's back and and uh, Ahsoka's back, where is Sabine? Because you know Mandalorians, she's kind of a pretty important Mandalorian character. And where's Ezra? I, I, I want to know where those characters are. I want to know, does Moff Gideon know that Thrawn's alive? Because dude was Empire, like, seriously Empire. So, if he's back, wh- what does that mean for Moff Gideon? Like, is th- there's got to be some sort of power struggle, because I just saw a headline, and didn't look into it, that apparently we've seen Thrawn's forces already on the show, and yeah. just assumed that they were attributed to Gideon, but there's some reason that they weren't. I don't know. That could just be some bullshit internet fan theory, but mm-hmm, so I have thickens. a question for you, Chris, uh, during Angie's uh, stream today, we were, we were chatting about, you know, the Mandalorian and star Wars. And someone had made a comment that Disney is getting Lucas re-involved in the star Wars universe. And one of the theories is that they're doing that because he's still, like Disney said, no uh, expanded universe stuff that's not canon anymore. We are going to add the stuff that we want to add and and make stuff canon. But Lucas still owns a bunch of the expanded universe stuff that they can't use without him. So how far this, uh, you know, Ezra, so like all of that, how far into the expanded universe does that go? That nowhere at all. Okay. Everything Rebels, Clone Wars is a hundred percent canon. Okay. When Disney did the whole buyout thing, it was the movies. The it was the movies, the animated series minus the Gendy Tartakovsky stuff, and that was it. And the comic books that that Marvel was making. Okay, that was it. Okay. Um. So I I don't know anything about what Lucas owns as far as expanded universe stuff goes. I hadn't heard anything about Disney trying to pull Lucas back in. As far as I knew, I thought it was Lucas a, was I pretty much thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, it, it could be a good idea. Here's the thing with George Lucas is that he's an, a, he's an amazing story writer. He's just not a very good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the prequels in a nutshell. Like, that's a good story. He needed somebody else to tell it for him, you know? <laughs> Which is why the original Favreau. trilogy works so well. He directed A New Hope. Other people directed Empire and Jedi. And uh, eh, if they were going to try to get him more involved, that would be weird. Um, but hey, whatever. I, Disney has proven to me that they know they have a basic understanding of what makes Star Wars tick. There were some pretty big missteps with uh, the sequel trilogy, but ultimately, not to the extent that makes those movies unenjoyable in any way, shape, or form. I enjoy the crap out of them, and I wish i enjoyed this the prequels as much as i enjoy them but i don't because two and three are just awful <laughs> but uh <laughs> there's a lot of whining in those episodes it's a lot of whining and a lot of star wars it's, they, it's a skywalker yeah. treat truth you know trope <laughs> they did a lot of really bad jobs of trying to connect dots like 
those dots weren't hard to connect, guys. You didn't have to try this hard, and you didn't have to bungle them so spectacularly. But whatever, that's a different, that's a podcast for another podcast. But <laughs> between Rogue One, Mandalorian, um, even to an extent, Solo, like overall, the Star Wars brand right now is in, and, and the, the, what was it? Um, the, the Rebels. Mm-hmm. Was that, that's all Disney. Like, They've knocked it out of the park way more than they've whiffed, as far as I'm concerned, with Star Wars. Um, the Marvel comics have been great. Uh, the the stuff that was the happening to Star Wars during the prequel times was way more difficult to like than what's happening right now. So, whatever they want to do going forward, they have my faith. So nice. That's where I'm at. You're that Disney. You have Chris's permission. Honestly, yes, I feel like that permission. means more than anything else. <laughs> we just got this in from Disney. Woo! Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who like to hate on Disney for because that's the cool thing to do. It's cool to hate the the the, the sequel trilogy. It's cool to say that the prequels were were retroactively these wonderful misunderstood classics. And I get it. Disney's a giant evil corporation, but. <laughs> They're a giant evil corporation that makes a quality product. It's how they got where they are. And yes, there's a lot of things Disney does that's just plain wrong that I don't agree with. There's a lot of the way that they treat people and there are mistakes that happen. One of the, 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 the tributes in this episode was, uh, the, the, the Asian fella that takes over the town at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He was hold on. It it's I, I just came across it. He worked as an animator for Disney. Like he he was WTF. Okay, here it is. The man who ultimately became the magistrate of the epi- at the episode's end, Wing Tao Chow, is a former Disney Imagineer and in ni- in 2019 was named a Disney legend. What? Like that's that's cool that they threw him in there like that. That is super cool. And that's the thing with Disney. Like, yes, it's real easy to be like, uh, Disney bad, evil corporation. They're, they're evil, and so everything they do sucks, except The Mandalorian. I like that show. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's, there, there's your shit right there, so you're already full of crap. But it's more complicated than that, because for all the bad stuff Disney does, they do good stuff, too. And not just, like, some lightly good stuff. These people made the freaking MCU. and Yes, they did. They, they, so did Fabro. It, 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 it's, it, you can't say it's not somewhat magical to go to Disney World. Like, there's good and bad there. So it's not as easy as just looking at saying, duh, Disney bad. That's a, it's far more nuanced than that. No, I'm so, going to do it, Chris. Disney bad. You'll go jump in a lake. Just got a cease and desist from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, anyway, I, I hear you. Fantastic it, listen, pick, it's never Chris. black and white. We are living in the gray areas. We are indeed. Twenty twenty. So the yeah, area. that's. I, I'm very happy with it. You guys enjoying Mandalorian, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Can't wait to see where it goes from here. I'm enjoying watching you watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> and it's, it's it's good fun. The art at the end of every episode. Still oh my god! The fantastic. end credits. The end credits are phenomenal. Yeah, this week is uh, specifically like I noticed they had more end credits art that was not reminiscent of what was actually in the episode. Like it almost looked as if maybe they cut a scene or two because like a lot of times if you're watching the credits at the end of the episode, um, they're like you can look at it and be like, did they just trace it? Like, yeah. And some of the stuff this week was not uh, the same. Like it, it, it. 
Yeah, it's all the concept art that they came up with before the episode. But it so. was like more unique concept art this week than they've had in previous weeks, and I was very excited by it. That's all. Very cool. I'm yeah. sure the storyboard artists were like, "Oh my god, Ahsoka's going to be in this." I'm going to draw. I'm just going to draw a hundred things for fun. <laughs> yeah, right. I listen. I want to do fan and art. It was, of it was different art styles, also that from the previous episodes. Yeah, some of it was a little bit more mm-hmm. diverse, more cartoony, which was I, it, it's just fantastic end credits yeah i'm i'm really enjoying seeing how they're taking because one of the things that i i will say about clone wars is a lot of times clone wars is an ugly show um Mm -hmm. there was a an art direction (laughs) choice made (laughs) choice made that kind of sort of followed up on gendy tartakovsky's original clone Wars stuff but also was really kind of grotesque old cg the yep. show gets a lot better as it goes on, but there is some intrinsic art direction in that that is is unattractive. But it's all based on exaggerating the appearances and making them cartoon and stylized of existing characters. Like, you know, the Anakin Skywalker vaguely looks like Hayden Christensen, but actually kind of looks more like what you would imagine a younger uh, Anakin Skywalker to look like based on what he actually looked like <laughs> inside the suit. Um the you know Obi Wan and and Yoda and all that they're all they're all based on existing properties, but then they invented all of these new characters for the cartoons, and now seeing those characters being translated to live action has been a just a real treat. And seeing Ahsoka translated to live action as just visually perfectly as as she could have been as, as mm. That head show has all those, of my those respect. Tentacles things, whatever that that is, could have gone so poorly, could have gone so bad, but it was spot on. Yeah. The they well, it. they've they've done that before. That her species has been in live action, you know, before. So that that wasn't much of a risk getting that done. But with you're right action, that, with that much action. As Jedi, yeah. Ah, right. um, there was a deleted scene in a deleted scene, and I think episode three where. Uh, Shakti, uh, Jedi Master, gets uh, killed by um, General Grievous in a super awesome way. He just holds his lightsaber up to her back and turns it on. It's like, wow, that was brutal. They Oof. cut that scene. But yeah, they've, they've done that in live action before, and it's been good. But you, you don't get to see it quite as thoroughly as you do in this, and it, it's handled very well. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So that's our show. Yeah. Yay. Oh my god. So much Star Wars. Go team. I could talk Star Wars all night, as you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to stop and now. You did. And I did. I'm going to stop now and so I can go upstairs and read more Ninja Turtles comics. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Nerd. Him. He's I love it. my favorite. Anywho, love, I love my life sometimes. All right. That's our show. Get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. Angie, where can people find you? Twitch.tv slash Lara Craft 13. 
Nice. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Angie, it's your pick for next month. What's our homework? So, Tyra Mail. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make you watch models. Um, actually, I've been holding on to this for a long time. We are watching Gravity Falls, Season 1, Episode 1, Tourist Trapped. So that is going to be my pick. If you feel compelled to watch the entirety of the series, it's only 40 episodes and they're short episodes because it was a cartoon, do feel free to do so. Just saying. Okay. Gravity Falls. I've heard of this show. I know absolutely nothing about it. Don't tell me. Mm. I look it's forward to cartoon. finding out what it's about. <laughs> Damn it. It's very, very good. So I'm hoping that it will, uh, it will be compelling enough in the first episode to keep you guys interested. Well, interested and in having time to watch it are two very different animals. But That's fine. True. That's fair. But we'll do our very best. All right, cool. Any last words before we say our goodbyes? Ahsoka's the best. I love you, Rosario Dawson. That is the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks for uh, December news. This is our first uh, December episode. So, yeah, we'll be in a couple back, back in a couple of weeks with our news episode with all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, so enjoy watching Gravity Falls. We'll talk to you soon. On behalf of uh, Geekade.com, I am Chris. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. Don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.